The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner. Welcome into episode 237 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. Natty Addy. What's going on, gentlemen? I'm Luke Lipinski. I don't know why I just introduced myself to both of you instead of the listeners. Um, how's it going? Two months left in the regular season. Yes, two months. And that's our show for today. Yes, yes. Be sure to rate, travel, review, subscribe, and we'll be back next week. <laughs> do we have any new reviews? Oh, I didn't look. Uh, I'll look. I'll look while you guys are talking I'll be about something we do that's not. not as important. Um, yes, always rate and review the show. Please but, uh, try and do it before, the show. before you hear the show because that may influence. That material. There is one new from, uh, and we have hey, to. Hey, look at that uh, because it's from the ultimate fan of me. It's my it's my hype man, oh. Gilbert Anthony. Oh, I already don't like. Did you this. ask him uh, to do this? Who said awesome podcast? Uh, longtime listener, love the podcast. Great hockey knowledge, mostly by a man named Jamie Eisner. Oh. That's a great review. Now he's turned it into. A the other two are lies. fine, but he's the one who puts it all together. I, I agree. I've been saying that for a long time. <laughs> great Coyote talk with a sprinkle of the rest of the NHL. Five stars. Do you thank you, Gilbert. Andrew. Yes, thank you, I'm, Gilbert. I'm sorry. I'm feeling nauseous right now. Do you think he thinks Craig's voice is Jamie's voice? Well, I know a lot of people, apparently more people than I thought, think I'm Jamie Eisenberg. There's, we had a second or person. Jesse. Yeah, I, I've, got a, I've got a second person that, that emailed into the show that thought I was Jamie Eisenberg. Which Wait, I are you not? No. Oh. Which I kind of get, because I'm also doing fantasy stuff, just not for CBS, for yeah. SI. But, Yeah. I've disappointed like more than a few people, and uh, more than usual. Like, there's a quota that I know that I hit on every single day just by being, you know, alive. But these are just additional people that I'm disappointing. That di- I did not anticipate you're disappointing a new audience. Yes, that's impressive. Going above and beyond in my disappointment. Um, Would you rather be Jamie Eisenberg or Jesse Eisenberg? Jesse, isn't Jesse the actor? He is. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. take that life. Yeah, the bank account's probably better. Although I believe he's a Suns fan, so it's kind of rough. <laughs> I mean, switch allegiances easily. Yeah, I mean, no if you're going to assume his identity, you could also assume change his identity. Yeah, well, take a new yeah. team on. Okay. Uh, trade deadline is in less than three weeks, just over two weeks now, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know how many big deals there are going to be. I mean, I would think Chris Kreider, we talked about this last week, is probably the biggest name that, yeah. that seems like it's going to get moved. But Toronto got a backup goalie. They let him. They let him just destroy the Coyotes one more time. After what he he's the one that knocked the Coyotes out technically last year, Jack Campbell when he made forty nine saves for the Kings in like the final week of the season or whatever that was. American hero Jack Campbell, don't you forget it. <laughs> and then he robbed Taylor Hall. I would say three times in the game they just played. Now he's on Toronto. Uh, I don't really feel like the Leafs gave up very much for him, although he has a backup goalie. So I don't know what took so long. If this was the price, essentially like a conditional third rounder, there'll probably yeah. be a second rounder at some point. They'd probably have four more wins if they'd done this earlier. Well, look, look every, did that every, matter? Yeah, it might matter a little bit. It just—it's so odd because this was—they mm. got skewered last year for having Garrett Sparks as their top backup, who and was overworking Freddie Anderson, and overworking Freddie Anderson. So they came in this year with a worse backup, and just kind of was going to let it happen. It didn't make any sense to me. I, I love the addition of Jack Campbell for them. They're going to need to give Freddie Anderson some days off, but they're going to need to win these games. They don't have time for maintenance days. Yeah. They're not even in a playoff spot right no, now. No, they're not. To be fair, the Leafs get skewered by their fans no matter what's going on, so maybe that just got lost in the shuffle. No, but going into the season with Michael Hutchinson as your best backup option when you have Stanley Cup aspirations is not ideal. And he was worse than advertised yeah, he was this, year. this year. Like he, at least in the past, has been I don't know, slightly below average. I, I don't remember watching a game this year where he gave them a good chance to win. Now, to be fair, the Leafs don't play any defense whatsoever, but even in that context, he was bad. Defense isn't fun, though. 
and that's why it they does win championships. So I guess I understand why Toronto doesn't have one in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else though? Ahead of the trade deadline. I know Craig's working on a piece. Do you have anything on us for the... Well, I, I have a piece moving probably right around the time we finish this podcast. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, The Athletic does a, a number of things on the trade deadline. This one is just looking at the current players on the Coyotes roster and evaluating their tradeability and the likelihood that they'll be moved. So there are, there are tiers of players. You'll see that soon. Mm. Can, you give us a, can you give us one name of somebody that is untouchable? Untouchable? Yeah. I can give you a few names of guys that are untouchable. Well, I don't want to make you get I think the Jacob Chikrin is untouchable. I okay. think Darcy Kemper is untouchable. And I think Connor Garland is untouchable. <laughs> he might have to be. He yeah. really had price, yeah. That contract is absurd now. He has 18 goals. We, we have to talk about him, I guess. Let's do that right here. Yeah. He has another year left on the deal. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of player you have to get. Were you, he's sort of a surprise. Not a surprise that he played in the NHL, but a surprise that he comes in and is your leading scorer. And not like he's having a good year. It's not like he's. It's not like they just have nobody that can score, and he's been the best of the worst. He's actually like producing. Um, no doubt. You have to have a player like that that comes in that is making seven hundred seventy-five thousand dollars or whatever, and is sort of a surprise. Where would they be without Connor Garland right now? In trouble. I don't know. It's legitimately in trouble. You know, and it's. It, I think people realize that it's. It's funny when when you when people look through the Taylor Hall lens, it's always, well, they haven't won with him, but it's the same thing. Where would they be without Taylor Hall? The way they've been playing lately, but yeah, Connor Garland, you can make a strong argument, especially with Darcy Kemper missing eighteen games, and it's going to be nineteen after tonight. You can make a strong argument that Connor Garland is this team's MVP. Yeah, look, if the Taylor Hall trade didn't happen and Garland was playing in Tucson, this team is selling at the deadline, and we're talking about what went wrong and what pieces they're going to have to sell off. What, uh, that, that's the difference. Yeah, that line is, has kept them afloat here. What, what happens? Like, what's the alternate universe? There's so many of these for the Coyotes of, oh, if they won the, the 2015 draft lottery or if they never moved to Glendale and they, stayed, they went to Scottsdale. There's all these alternate universes where things would be better. Mm-hmm. What happens, though, last year if they don't have the injuries and have to call Garland up? Is he just a really good player in Tucson right now? Because you have to remember, he's better in the NHL than he was in the AHL. Well, you, But also, uh, Rick Tockett has said, that you know he impressed him in camp and the, the, the there was there was a, an injury right i'm trying to remember when we go back now he he wasn't fully healthy and so he thought at some point he would come up and help him i, I don't think anybody saw this coming from connor garland but i think he was going to be with this club at some point soon anyway because of the uh Really because of the effort he put into reshaping his game to become, you know, he's always been that sort of perpetual motion guy, but he, going to the net has been a key for Connor Garland in, in this success. He's just doing it with reckless abandon. It's amazing to watch him at his size do it without any fear. And that's, that's I think, been a, a major key to his success. I guess what I'm saying is there's, there's he probably would have got called up at some point, but is there's a difference to me between last year, we don't have any players left, you have to come up and you're going to play multiple games, and you're going to get into a routine, or you're going to get called up and play two games and get sent back down and bounce around. Because again, 131 AHL games, he had 25 goals, and 101 NHL games, he has 31. He wasn't scoring like this in Tucson to force their hand, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he was he was playing well a bit last year in Tucson, but it's always tough when you're your fifth-round pick because there's... There's not the same level of expectations on you, but sometimes you get overlooked for the other first, second, third round picks that maybe you're moving or maybe, ah, you know, we'll we'll bring in a veteran or we'll trade for somebody. But he he was – it's so tough because everybody scores in the queue. It's uh, so yeah. those numbers are so skewed. I mean, look, if you look at his last two years in the queue, they're ridiculous, 129, 128 points. But 
I mean, I, I could probably crawl on the ice and get 35 if I played a full season. You certainly there. wouldn't be skating on the ice, that's so, for sure. Uh, but, Sorry, it, Gilbert. <laughs> Didn't mean to take but, a shot at Jamie. But his, yes, you did. I did. I said he reviewed the show. How dare you? But to me, the most impressive thing, obviously, beyond the goal scoring, and we said it all season, but it's the energy. Mm-hmm. It's the energy. Every shift, every time, no matter who he's playing with on the line, he is playing at full effort, and it is showing, and it's nice to see someone that is working their butt off and it paying off for them consistently. You saw all the scouts in the building the other night, right? Mm-hmm. So many of them came up to me, and, and you know, we're just chatting, but this Connor Garland's so much. I just love Connor Garland. I just love watching him play. Yeah, and that's, have him. that's the simple truth of it. For a, from a fan standpoint, he's just enjoyable to watch on the ice. I don't think he's ever going to get complacent. I know we're still really early in his career, but every single time I've interviewed him, and he's been sort of our go-to interview this year, he doesn't act like, oh yeah, I'm leading the team in goals. And he said this multiple times, I'm just trying to stay in the NHL. Yeah. Like, you're in now at this point. Now, don't change your mentality, right. but I do wonder if there's if there's a sense of, you know, you see other smaller players around the league that don't play with that tenacity and then they're out of the league. He doesn't have that fear of going to the net how much of that is because he already took a slap shot to the face and he's still playing? So now he's probably just like, well, I've already done it. I guess I can just keep going. Um, he has to be their MVP, right? If we were voting on team MVP. Yeah, now that right Kemper's now? been out for a quarter yeah. of the season. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine another guy. Can you? And, and this is the other thing about more of a Coyotes perspective. You know, we've talked about the struggles and whether this team is playoff ready. When you think about where they are in the first wild card right now as we speak, Who's having a great season among the top players on this team? I, th- I think Hall is is. I, I don't know he, about he great. hasn't been here yeah. long enough. I mean, a guy who's ha- who's been around for most of the season. I got to you got to even throw Kemper out of it now because he's he's going to miss a quarter time. of the season. Yeah. So of their top players, can you really say any one of them is having a really good season? And yet they're in a playoff spot. No, I mean I would say their best players right now are Garland, Hall. Uh, Kraus is climbing the list. Sure is. Chikrin and Kemper. Yeah, and Kemper's even Chikrin has dipped of late. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the other thing, I, I mean, I know you can look and say, well, Garland leads the team in goals, so he has to be the MVP. I'm almost going more off of the, the fact that one you just brought up, he's a fifth-round pick. The teams that have success and make the playoffs have a guy that they got a lot later than they expected, and he steps in. He doesn't typically lead the team in goals, and that's probably because they don't have the sort of goal production they want from some other guys right now. But to get that from a guy that is a fifth-round pick... That's the Penguins gimmick. Yeah. To find these guys that were afterthoughts in the middle rounds and they come up and somehow have a ton of success every year. But they usually put those guys around Crosby. Yes, and that's what's yeah. not... Yeah, but I, I think that's been the most remarkable thing. And, and sometimes the stats don't always match up with your eyes when we talk about Team MVP. We hear we see that a lot. They do here. Like he's even if he had five less goals, he would still be the team MVP. Just watching the way he plays on every single night, every single shift. And who are the centers? Yeah, gets chances every night. That line gets chances every Constantly. night. Yep. And I brought that up to him the other night in the first period because they had gotten chances, but they hadn't scored. This was against Edmonton, and he's like, "Yeah, we have to start burying those." And then five minutes later, he has a goal. You know, yeah. it's that that line has just been relentless and. They just need more help. Yeah, imagine <laughs> if Keller and Schmaltz were going. Yeah, we've been saying that for a while. And Kel- Kessel. Keller has, in, yeah. Keller has two even-strength points since before Christmas. Clayton Keller is a big problem right now. He is a big problem. That's sh- not doing anything to impact the game. That shocked me, though. Two even-strength points since December 23rd. Think about how long ago Christmas was. I mean, you'll take that from Ilya Labushkin, who, by the way, 
That hit on Leon Dreisaitl. I don't think I've ever seen anybody hit Leon Dreisaitl before. <laughs> I thought Jamie was going to come running out of the crowd and be like, don't hit my guy. You, you still have the Dreisaitl tattoo, right? Uh, I do. Okay. Good. Left shoulder blade. It's good, it's good, good to know. Uh, Alex Ovechkin. Patrick every other game. <laughs> yeah. So uh, okay. all of a sudden, he's back back on top of the, the league goal scoring at 40 goals. Just like that. Is he going to break Gretzky's record? Well, I, I kind of think he is. I kind of think he is now. I mean, health permitting, why yeah. not? I kind of think he is now. I, I will Here, I'll just get on my soapbox for a second. Capitals fans are fast becoming my least favorite fan base after they were celebrating <laughs> Sorry, the, Carl. the Lars Eller hit from behind. Sorry, Matt Smith. We yeah. have a bunch of listeners, so well, good on you. I, I know Carl, and I know Carl is an intelligent Capitals fan. I'm sure there are Capitals fans that are intelligent, but I've never seen a fan base. <laughs> that sounded like a backhanded compliment, well, too. That sounded like it came from Jamie. You've been spending too I'm much saying, time with him. Too, too much time around me. I man. have never seen a fan base celebrate dirty hits on social media more than Capitals fans. And it's not just Tom Wilson. That said, I so badly want Ovechkin to break Gretzky's record. Not like I think Ovechkin is a better player than Gretzky, but I, I and Jamie and I have actually agreed on this now for a few years. We've been saying it on the show. He's the best pure goal scorer I've ever seen. There's probably a case to be made for Mario Lemieux. I get that, but given the era that Ovechkin's playing in, I want him to set the record. 196 goals away from tying Gretzky. He's yeah. going to pass Mike Gartner really soon. Ten more goals. And again, the, the era matters. So next week. Like, like, I, 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 well, I that's hate, why. The era matters. The era matters. It is significantly harder to go, score goals now than it was 30, how, 40, 50, 60 years ago. How many more goals is he going to score this season? He's at 698 right now. He's, he's uh, 19 goals shy of Phil Esposito, who's in sixth place. Well, how many goals, how many games do they have left here? It's a, they have about 28 games left. So you figure every other game he'll have a hat trick. So 42 goals the rest of the season. Three goals every two games. So you, that's 42 saying, goals. No. I mean, I think he probably gets. Let's say 20. Let's just say Yeah, 20. at least 15 more. He's going to go over 50 again. I, so you're saying he's going to catch Esposito? He'll be in sixth yeah, place I, at the end of the season. I think he, if he plays every game this year, I think he could catch him. Then he'll cruise past Marcel Dion and Brett Hull early next season and move into the top four. Yeah. He's on, a 60, he's on a 60 goal pace right now. Yeah. I so just, if he gets to 60, that will be 718. And. It would be crazy to see anybody break any of Gretzky's records. Yes. It's so cool yes. to think about. But I also, and maybe maybe I'm slightly ignorant here, I guess. But I never, Probably. I never think of Gretzky as a as like the goal scorer. You know what I mean? I think of the, I think of Gretzky as the all around player that just well, put up six points playmaker. a game. Great, player. yeah. Is it the eleven hundred more assists? Yeah, that he has? The, the, you know the old story of him and Wally working <laughs> on passing into zones over sticks. Here, drop it into zone A. Okay, yeah, which <laughs> zone A, which was like six inches wide, and he could do <laughs> it like forty feet away. But he, do you remember that that? short era of his career where he would set a goal a statistical goal where I want to average two assists a game and he did it yeah I want to score a goal per game and he did it he's the best player of all time yeah I'm, yeah, not, yeah. Not, I mean there's it's pretty no. crazy to say yeah. yeah I'm gonna score a goal per game and then he'd go out and do it I forgot who's crazy I forgot who made the point on on Twitter uh, but someone said that still to this day the most underrated hockey player on social media is Wayne Gretzky. Oh, yeah yeah it's true He's the it most underrated player because everybody loves to say, oh, well, he couldn't play in this era. Oh, we couldn't. Like, he absolutely could play in this yes, era. Yes, he could. And by the way, if he grew up 
and around this time with the same technology, training with the same habits, training, all yep, yep, with yep. all the other stuff, he would have been just fine. He'd still be leading the league in points every year. Yes. I just think Ovechkin is a better pure pure goal scorer because, again, you watch the footage from 30 years ago and the goalies would just not drop down or just nonchalantly kick at the puck and then be like, whoops, it went in. <laughs> right. Yep. right. Oh, there's that There's that goal from the uh, far boards. Yeah. Yep. Off the rush. Off the rush. I think. I think. Off, off the scoot. It's amazing how much the game has changed since the 80s. 80s goalies are, are what the shrug emoji is based on. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Um, uh, like, I'm not even sure why I'm here. Like, I just hope it hits me. Oh, I thought you were talking about yourself. Because I was like, well, look I, at the I, size I, of the equipment, too. Perfect. Like, the goalie pads, perfect. they're so yeah. much smaller than two. Well, and, and, yeah, I would have dropped in front of the pucks either. Yeah. This is going to hurt, isn't it? But also, yeah. defensemen yeah. didn't really block yeah. shots back then, right? Well, Weren't you just trained to get out of well, the way? Oh, they blocked shots still. They're, they're not like this. Maybe. I, I don't know. You I, think defensemen were blocking... As, er, defensemen and forwards were blocking as many shots? Forwards, but defensemen were blocking a lot of shots. Okay, well, let's I say... Know, I wasn't around in the 80s. It's still a little crazier, because oh, the padding was nowhere near as good. Although, we, I feel like we plateaued with equipment. That's another discussion. And particularly skates. What's up with that? Bauer has a stick now that's missing half the blade. I mean, they're at least trying something <laughs> talking new. about this with Derek Stepan. How come skates really haven't evolved that much recently? And he's like, hey, to an extent, there's only so much you can do. And I'm like, I'm not buying that argument. I think there's a lot you can do if you put thought into it. Can't we protect guys' feet? Oh, you're I mean, okay. You're not going based on speed. You're just going. No. Oh, okay. okay. I thought you were going. Okay. How about okay. comfort too? Can't they make a skate that's comfortable? Well, I tell Can't you they this: make a skate that's not agony when you put it on. <laughs> they Probably could, they could make a skate that's easier to tie tight. They could absolutely no, do that. Absolutely. See, I think there's so much you could do here. Putting your equipment on is more exhausting than actually playing hockey if you don't have the right <laughs> it's stuff. So true. Uh, the Bruins are back on top of the NHL, just in time for the Coyotes to visit. On, yeah, on their yeah, yeah. House rest. of Horrors TD Garden <laughs> after playing Thursday night and then getting a matinee in Boston. I looked it up. It's only 2,600 miles wrong? away. <laughs> had this debate at dinner oh. the other night. I'm glad Boston's getting some, finally some, getting some good news. So. <laughs> they don't make up for the loss of Mookie Betts and Tom Brady. We set up the Here New Yorker. Here we go. Um, we should, I know one of you mentioned this, but Toronto is not only not in the playoffs right now, they're actually 10th in the Eastern yes. Conference. Right. Um, they're two, yeah, two games back of Philadelphia with one more game played. We'll we'll look at the, one, the only one point back of Florida, but yeah, we'll look at two the races games eventually. Here, um, Boston, I, I think Boston and Washington, obviously the two best teams in the NHL right now, and it's not really close other than Tampa Bay passes the eye test and they started a little bit slower. Yeah, if Tampa Bay played at a reasonable for them pace for the first two months of the year, they would be the best team in the league, but. But it, they dug themselves a deep enough hole, and again, Boston struggled, but they struggled with a ton of loser points. Yeah, like if, if, if again, if they have six, you know, you turn half of those into losses, and all of a sudden they have the same they had the same little stretch that the Tampa Bay did, but they did enough to stay up there. I think they're still going to win that division. The teams over seventy points right now are Boston, Tampa, Washington, Pittsburgh, and St. Louis. I would go the order. I would go is Boston, Washington, Tampa, St. Louis, Pittsburgh. Is that fair? Tampa and Washington are pretty even for me. I would, assuming Tarasenko's back by the time the playoffs start, I would put St. Louis over Washington. But oh wow, okay, hmm. wow. I think I'm higher on Washington than you guys are. No, I'm pretty high on Washington. Okay. They just play in, my in a tough two. conference. They're in yeah, my top two. Uh, but I do think Boston. I mean, look, Washington just won the cup two years ago, so they are obviously constructed for a playoff run as well. But I think if you're building a team for the playoffs, you build them like the Boston Bruins. Yeah. As Jamie has mentioned, too, they're 0-7 in shootouts. Imagine if they were 3-4. and four. Yeah. They'd have 84 points. And... Yeah. Yeah. And there's no shootouts in the playoffs. No. So Brad Marchand doesn't have to worry about skating over <laughs> the puck in the, uh, in the playoffs. 
Um, oh my! Turns out the Sabers are not happy with the season they're having. Oh, are they not? Who could have foreseen? This is what we call the open such forum an endeavor portion of our podcast. I'm just going to sit back, Go, and Jamie. Drink my coffee. I, I, to me, though, I do find it funny that there's been some stuff going around, like that management's not to blame here. Why not? What have they done other than sign Jeff Skinner to a terrible contract? What have they done yeah, in the last Who three is years? to blame then? Like, Somebody's got to be to blame. It's not Jack Eichel. Well, so yeah, you can't, you can't blame Jack Eichel anymore. So That hurts. But you could always fire another GM. <laughs> they could. They're just not... I don't know. I watch them. They're just blah every night. They're just blah. Especially when you take Eichel's line off the ice. There's just nothing there. Total side note for a second. I don't know why this is becoming my favorite term, and I think it's in one of the listener questions. It's now gotten to the point in the uh, the social media era where firing somebody is not enough. Now it's fire them into the sun. sun yeah, and I really do just picture the Sabers just shooting. Oh, that's an improvement over Buffalo. But yeah, you Ooh. know what I think Buffalo should do? They should trade Jack Eichel to the Coyotes to right a wrong. Yeah, yep. they can have the rights to Dylan Strome. Get <laughs> Chicago involved. The Blackhawks get Nick Schmaltz back. Everybody wins, right? Um, Buffalo. As we've said before, doesn't get the uh, the heat that Edmonton gets because Edmonton got the number one pick every year. Buffalo got the number two pick every yes. year, and they're no better. Edmonton's actually better this Buffalo's season. Buffalo's not in Canada. It's kind of is. I mean, it almost it, I mean, is. It might almost is. It's more Canadian than But it's New so York, close to Toronto but... that people just sort of don't pay attention to it. <laughs> well, who was the caller? Did you guys hear the caller into the, the sports talk show in Buffalo? Dwayne. Yeah. Yeah. The Athletic had a story on it. Yeah, and then the Sabres ownership just tried to distance themselves from the whole thing. You can't distance yourself from the fact your team's going to miss the playoffs again. Yes, they are. They are 12 points out of a playoff spot. They are clearly not going to the playoffs this season. And Oof. it's the same pattern. They start early. People mm-hmm. are like, hey, maybe you should, you're sleeping on the Sabres. No, no, we're not sleeping on the Sabres in November because this is what they do every single year. Yes, this is why I, this is why I said at the beginning of the year, like, it, just, it doesn't matter. I don't care what they do in the first part of the year. I don't care that they started off hot at home. It doesn't matter. They always do this. They change coaches they to Ralph Kruger from Phil Housley. Do this. Yep. They score about as much as a soccer team, which is impressive since Ralph Kruger used to coach a soccer team. If you remember, I, I brought this up on the show that I, I have a, a friend that I made a bet with uh, about whether or not they would make the postseason and they're supposed to go to Vegas during the NFL draft and you just get showered with condiments. Oh, yeah, I do remember I'm not going to have to do that anymore. What do you get if you win? I think I get to do it to him. <laughs> Wait, why, why is that? Why, what, why are they missing the playoffs, Jamie? Well, no, 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 no. Oh, because they suck. Okay. Because <laughs> they're terrible. I just... Uh, they are the trash cans the Astros are hitting. Like, they are bad. <laughs> Isolate, please. It absolutely was because a... they suck. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> it absolutely was a thing on Twitter, though, earlier this season. Was it not? Just that push of people yes. like, you guys are not taking Buffalo seriously. Yeah, because they don't deserve to be. You know why? Because they're a joke. If, <laughs> That's why you don't take them seriously. They're a joke. If, though, if it were a 16-game season. Can we season. just use this quote string right here to promote the show? Yeah. Why aren't the Buffaloes going to the playoffs? Buffalo Sabres going to the playoffs this year? Jamie Eisner. They quote. suck. <laughs> we'll, we'll save it and just replay it uh, next year in, uh, in mid-November, right around Thanksgiving when people start to realize, wait a minute, Buffalo's early start doesn't seem to be doing them any good again. Um, Mark Giordano. This could be a huge loss for the Flames, who are kind of a little um, shaky right now. Yeah, they, they sure are. Has anybody followed up on that this morning? By the way, well, I mean, I'm sure somebody has, working hard, but neither of us have. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure somebody in uh, on the continent has done that. Uh, Calgary, by the way, 60 points, just two up on Chicago. 
three up on Nashville and Winnipeg. Uh, and look, only one back of the Coyotes in Vegas, two back of Edmonton. So, I mean, they win a game or two and they shoot right back to the top. That's one of the teams I thought was going to be the most safe yeah. in the Western Conference. Well, yeah. And it, it's funny. I, I, there, there are people internally that feel pretty good about their goaltending. I'm still not convinced that they have the goaltending. But now this, I mean, you lose your captain. He's, he, he's undergoing – he went – Underwent an MRI on his knee. There's no update yet. But if you lose a player of this magnitude, that's really, really going to impact you. What do you make? I think this stat gets overused, but they are the only team in a playoff spot right now with a negative goal differential. And it's not like a negative one. It's negative 19. No, I think it matters. To put that in perspective, that's worse than Buffalo. And Jamie, what have we learned about Buffalo? They suck. So Okay, so I mean, Calgary's goal differential is worse than a team that sucks. Um, and look, that can be one or two. They lost 8-3 to Edmonton the other night, so that obviously... Yeah, but they, they, they deserve that goal differential. They're, again, this is still a team that doesn't live up to its talent level. And if they lose Giordano for, obviously, a significant period of time, it's a, it's a huge problem. But even short term, you've got Nashville tonight at home. Then you go into Vancouver. Those are your next two games. I mean, they, they could you could find yourself pushed down the standings here a little bit. But it, it's been a weird year for them because I mean Goudreau's been okay, hasn't had a he's been for his talent level not a good season. Have not noticed him much this year. Lindholm came back down to earth after last year. Kachuk's been fine but not great. Monahan's not had a good season compared to him. Even Jordano hasn't had a good season compared to what the, what he's been doing. Like, I, w- I would say Kachuk's been pretty good for what he's supposed to be. I'm not saying he's been bad. I'm just saying he's not doing above what... I mean, my expectation is that he is a point-per-game caliber player and hasn't been doing that. Uh, he's not, yeah, he's not that. But I do think... I think he's been their best player. Yes, he year. has. Been. They're not playing poorly in the context of the league as a whole. But like 42 points in 52 games for Johnny Goudreau was a disappointment. I don't remember any a, of those been 42 a, points either. He's been a 90-ish tough flirting with a 100-point guy. Like That's a disappointment if he finished the year with 70. They went and out goal- made that trade for Lindholm, too, what, now a year and a half ago, yeah. and he's been outstanding. And he's been outstanding. And they haven't gotten any better. But he hasn't been quite as good this year. Again, those aren't the reason why they're losing, why they're not in a higher spot, but you're starting to talk about incremental reasons why this team is not probably going to win the division. That's why. And Riddick hasn't been great. I mean, Tal- Talbot's been pretty good lately, but Riddick hasn't been great. Are you trying to pin this all on uh, Andrew Mangiapane? Because that's yep. what it sort of feels like. Uh, the four teams well, right uh, well, behind the, them. We all know the real reason is Tobias Reader only has two of his twelve goals this year. Mm, he's so that's why. It's so last year it was his fault. Edmonton didn't make the playoffs this year. It's his fault. Calgary doesn't make the playoffs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, we can officially say Sam Bennett is never, ever, ever going to be a thing. <laughs> ever. Ever. Are you, ever. That, are you glad they burned that? We should just do an entire retrospective on Sam Bennett, <laughs> like a three piece, a three episode special. Um, Chicago. Nashville, Winnipeg, and Minnesota, all the four teams right behind them all have a better goal differential. And Minnesota's not even out of it yet, as much as we all want to write them off. I know. They uh, play they play so well at home. And they're not even really playing that well lately. They're four, five, and one in their last ten. Yeah. They're not gonna make the playoffs, but I'm just saying they are six points behind Calgary with a better goal differential. No, but Winnipeg, Nashville, and Chicago are all contenders. Yep, they're all right there. And well, home. contenders for a playoffs. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's yeah, qualify yes, that, yes, please. Yes, yes, Contenders this for a wild the Western yes. Conference. Contenders for a wild about. card spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Winni- fair. Winnipeg, Nashville, Chicago. How many of those three make the playoffs this year? I None. think one of them. Oh, I see. I think one of them does. So you're thinking Calgary's missing? You're thinking Edmonton's missing? I don't know who I. Somebody I, from the Pacific is missing. That obviously. wasn't part of my question. One in it Calgary. Was just who's going to. One in Calgary. You think Calgary's missing? Yes, I do. And I've said that for a little bit now. If Giordano's out for a while, then I guess I could see it. That would be a big blow. Yeah. Big blow. Team's too good to miss the playoffs. Uh, Don't isolate that, please. (laughs) (laughs) The Dustin Bufflin saga rolls on. Wow. (sighs) 
Is he going to end up somewhere? Breath. Or is he just going to retire? I can't. I can't get a good read on this. Well, now one. it sounds like he is just going to retire, doesn't it? it? Does, yeah. But I, I don't know. It's sad. It's sad to see him go this way. I mean, woof. Some teams would love to have him, right? Well, Winnipeg would love to have him, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. Winnipeg would Toronto. love to have him. But, I mean, yeah, there are teams where he could... You imagine on this team, on this local team, what he yeah. could add. Hold on. Let's all just stop and think about Joel that Quenville and Dave Tippett have both told me repeatedly that Dustin Bufflin is not a defenseman. He's a forward. He should be playing up front. That's where he played when he was with the Blackhawks, and he was so effective in net front. You literally could not move the guy from the, from the slot. What position do you think is easier to play if... You know, Dustin Bufflin. There winger are, defense? Huh? Winger defense? What you, no, 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 I'm saying I didn't finish my sentence yet. <laughs> so. I wanted to finish it for you. <laughs> well, you finished it incorrectly. Jamie, do you have anything to add? Oh, okay. uh, I, I think winger would be easier to play. Okay, okay we're good here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving Next on. Question. No, it, it, look, there are players in this league a lot older than Dustin Bufflin, but if he's viewing this as I'm about to retire, if you're about to retire, if you're beat up or whatever, which position do you think it is easier to play at the end of your career? Wing. Yeah. So I why wouldn't so. he do it? I don't know. Why not come back as a wing? I don't know if they're giving that option. I don't know. He may be angry with them. I, I don't know all this. I, I don't know. I don't have enough information to really assess this situation. All I know is I loved the guy when he was a Blackhawk. I loved him even when he was with the Jets, although I was angry that somebody let him get away by not qualifying <laughs> certain RFAs by the deadline. Hey, but don't is, worry. Is that important? Don't worry. They'll just they're in a spot where they might oh, be they able to get it all in Dale. Well, to be fair, the, the plan's it's not working. Not the GM's job. The plan's it's working. Responsibility. They, it's the assistant GM's job. I'm just saying. But no. anyway, the plan's working. They can get back in. They have a really good shot of getting swept out of the first round this year. I don't know what more you want from the Blackhawks. That's that's what this team was built to do, right? Just yes. barely make the playoffs and get swept out. I'm not going to laugh at that because Pittsburgh got swept out last year, and you as did. good as they've been this year, I, I still don't like a matchup with the Islanders. Although. They're actually not matched up with the Islanders right now. No, because the Islanders, with Columbus. The Islanders have fallen right the off the fight face of the Tortorellas. They could say they've, uh, you know, they're moving in the right direction though. If they make the playoffs, the Blackhawks. They can pretend. Oh, yeah. Look, we made the playoffs this year. We're climbing. I'd give Stan Bowman an extension at that point. I don't know about you. He may already have one. So, do, so in a four-game series, have one. do the Penguins score like two combined goals or three combined goals against Elvis? Uh, well, nobody's scoring on Elvis. Yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> so one goal over the four-game sweep? Elvis has shot out every other every other game. I do think the Penguins this year are not, not going to have that characteristic they've had in the past where, well, we, we lost the first game 4-1. to one. We're done. You know what I mean? Like they used to, you see those high-powered offenses like Tampa last year? Well, we lost. We don't know what to do if we can't score six goals every night in the playoffs, so then we just are done. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to do that this year. Why isn't Carolina in a playoff spot? Well, let's... They have a uh, plus 24 goal differential by the way let's talk about this plus 24 so you're i don't see i'm still not as sold on carolina as you guys are well i'm not well sold i don't think they're on a what? cup contender I but i, I thought they'd be a, yeah i don't get the high-end score i mean ter- i mean look doug hamilton being out hurt yep obviously uh, but tara vine and Shvechnikov, aho they've all been really good this year okay let's play this game now in the eastern conference the playoff matchups at this exact moment are boston philadelphia washington islanders tampa bay florida pittsburgh columbus Toronto's getting in. Which one of those teams is dropping out? And and look, maybe Carolina gets in too. But at least Toronto's getting in. So one of those eight teams I just read has to drop You're out. You're still so convinced they're getting in. Yeah, they're getting in. Okay. I think they're going to get in over... I mean, Philly's the first team I'm going to take out. Okay. I still think they're playing above their heads. That home record is ridiculous. And Hart's still going to miss a couple more games probably. But Worried at all about the Islanders? Sure, at this point, you should be. Yes. But am I more worried about the Islanders than I am about like Philadelphia and Carolina and Columbus and Toronto? Like they have, Columbus, I mean, the, all those man. teams have war. I mean, can't Columbus, I, I just can't wrap my head around. But Elvis, 
Yeah. But not even that I can't wrap my head around. No. Because he was... He was awful. In his, very, in his very brief time they let him play before he was the starter, he was terrible. We need John Torello in the playoffs, though. We need his quotes in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. I want to see those comments on the uh, sheets I get every night. Yeah, those are the best. Yep. Um, okay, well, Columbus, Islanders, Philadelphia, Carolina, Toronto, only three of them can make the playoffs. So who are you, you got to take, you have to take at least two of those teams I'm, out. I'm taking Philly and Columbus out right okay. now. Okay. Still. still taking Columbus out. Yeah. Are they going to fade down the stretch here? Okay. 8-1-1 I mean, in their last point, 10. Yeah, like it's, it's mm. they have a four-point lead with, a, with one more game played than I'm Carolina. taking Philly and Toronto out. You're taking Toronto out? Toronto's not missing no. the playoffs. I will make that bet with you. Not with American hero Jack Campbell backing up. <laughs> I will bet you coffee. Okay. But you have to buy either way. I always buy it. <laughs> to buy. I didn't buy it today. Jamie bought it today. Thank you, Jamie. I did. I did a thing. All right. Well, if I lose, Jamie will buy the coffee. Are there muffins around somewhere? Yeah. Yeah? Not in this building. Though. Okay. No. Also, I found out that those cinnamon rolls that we've been teasing, they're only at like one specific coffee bean. And that one closed down. And it's, no, they're just one nowhere near where we need to be. Oh. Oh, Okay. Was, nowhere near where we need it was to be. Somehow convenient to be there the one day that I was out there of town. There was actually. They yeah. were really okay. good. Okay. Yeah. So it's at Ganey Ranch. Thanks. If you want to go out of town again, Craig, I I, I will provide some of those cinnamon rolls. I can't okay. I can't afford to buy two. But to move, just three. move the studio to Scottsdale and the uh, like Lincoln, and we'll be fine. Okay. Perfect. Feeling an unusual amount of hostility in this room today. Mm. From you or towards? Oh, I wonder you. why. Toward me. Oh. Uh, Western Conference. Okay. It would be St. Louis, Calgary. Vancouver, Arizona, Dallas, Colorado, Edmonton, Vegas. Vancouver, Arizona. Just stop right there. You had me at Vancouver. <laughs> Let's see. I have to spend more time in Vancouver. All right. That sounds terrible. In mid-April? It sounds horrible. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Um, if Calgary and Edmonton are both going to make the playoffs, I want Calgary and Edmonton to play each other in the Amen. first round. That should be a requirement. Um did you see the brilliant tweet circulating about Coyotes attendance yesterday? I'm sure Jamie saw it. I did not. Actually. Some Oilers fan tweeted out, I'm at the game. There's nobody here. And it, the scoreboard says jobbing.com arena. And I'm pretty sure it was practice. What it looks like is it was a practice from 2014. Oh. Did somebody call him out on it? Yeah. A ton of people called him out on it, but also a ton of people were like, wow, they can't even draw attendance in the, you know, in the middle of a playoff race. Jobbing.com arena <laughs> with a tiny scoreboard. And I'm not even sure there's anybody on the Can ice. Can you send me that tweet? Yeah, I, I definitely want to include that in something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to good, find it now. It's misinformation okay. I said, on the oh, internet the good old fun. days of people taking pictures of empty seats yeah. in Florida and Arizona. And pretending it matters. Yeah. Yes. Let's go take a picture of the who, Oilers who Arena right now. Who is guy that took it? I don't know. Yeah. Some fool. Does he work for Fox? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's just some troll. Um, yes, let's go take a picture of an empty arena when there's nothing going on from six years ago and pretend that that matters. But the problem is, on the internet, people just run with it, right? Yep. Maybe he's a time traveler and just doesn't know. Yeah, that's possible. Maybe he's just very confused by why no one's at the game. Um, yeah, maybe he's just... <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't rule out that possibility. Um, Getting back to your alternate universe Coyotes idea. Yeah. yeah well, that's, are, you have Rick Tockett's job security here in the, uh, in the Well, notes. I wrote about it, uh, and I, wa- I guess I wanted to explain it a little bit, why I decided to write that, because <laughs> you guys have seen it. You've seen the comment sections. You've mm-hmm. seen social media. How many people, after a loss, say, Rick Tockett's job should be on the line, he should be fired? We talked a lot about the factors behind what the Coyotes are doing this year. Darcy Kemper is going to miss a quarter of a season. A lot, most of their top players have not had great seasons. They do not have an elite center. There's a lot of issues with this team still, right? And yet they're in the first wild card spot right now. They're... In 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 what universe do you believe Rick Tockett should be fired? It uh, I don't. You want to talk about alternate universe? 
They're four points out of first place. Yes. Like, what do you want? Yes. I, I don't know. I don't know. And this is, it's, it's almost the climate of the NHL when we see all these coaching changes. And I just wrote about this, too. 20 of the 31 coaches, right, hired since 2018. 20 of the 31 coaches well, have been hired since 2018. 14 hired in the last 10 months. Yeah. yeah. But I also think it's, when we talk about trying to figure out the problem, it's much easier and it's a, it's much easier to palette saying it's a coaching problem and not Clayton Keller's giving you nothing. Right. Phil Kessel's giving you well, nothing. What's the system? Nick Schmaltz it's barely the giving system. you anything. How many times do you hear it's the system he runs? I, I, I bang my head against a wall when I hear that. Most coaches run very similar systems. Yes, there are tweaks. It is not the system that is impacting this team. It is the production of certain players, yeah. the performance of certain players that's impacting this team. Uh, as you bang your head against that wall, I'll bang my head against this wall and, and say simply, you don't look at season point totals. You have to look at consistency from certain players. And I've been saying this for three years about one of the players, and I think more people are just noticing now because they're in the middle of a playoff race, but it's not... What is your alternate plan if you get rid of Rick Tockett? And unless you say Hi, Gerard, Gerard Gallant. Gallant, that's what they want now. Okay, <laughs> he's available. Okay, what and system do they think he's running? It's I, I not know. the flying V. Like, what are you? What, what, are <laughs> but, you watching but, the games? If he did, well, then they'd be unstoppable. Like Taylor Hall you, at the okay. yeah. <laughs> that plays horribly offside every time. But, but we heard this with Dave Kibbutt too. It's the system. It's the system that's holding them back. It's the personnel. It's yeah. the personnel. It's almost always the personnel. Now, there. Listen, there are there are nuances and there are differences with coaches, but there are a lot of good coaches around the league now. And with the with the advent of video analysis and, and what technology has brought, as Steve Peters told me in a recent story, I wrote there are no secrets in the NHL. Everybody knows what everybody's doing now. Everybody is well prepared, and a lot of the things that teams are doing are very similar. Yeah, look, we're, we're 10 years away from hockey going to the baseball model where essentially the GM is puppeting the manager slash coach and those decisions about who's playing with who for how long and how many minutes is going to be made above the head coach behind the bench. We're not that far from that. It's already happening in baseball. That's going to be uh, tough to do in hockey, though, in the moment. No, but not so much in the moment of like you're making in-game adjustments. We're going, these are the lines you're going to roll with oh, to start, start with, and then you yeah. make some adjustments from there. Just like in that, it, but Good luck trying that with Tortorella. We're very close to, to that being that happening in hockey, too. But Man, It's a different culture, though. But so. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, uh, yeah, again, it's going to have to change the GM level first. But uh, Look, I'm, I'm more than... The Coyotes could go on a two-game winning streak, and Rick Tockett could be a Coach of the Year finalist. So I'm more than willing to entertain, and I haven't looked at the listener questions to see if there are any questions about Rick Tockett, if he should keep his job, you need to give me specific reasons why. If you're looking it's the in, system, Luke. Okay, that's not Can't you see that? It's not specific at all. If you were looking at a couple <laughs> players and saying these guys aren't performing, tell me which other coach is going to make those guys perform. And also factor in that Lawson Krause might not be as good without Rick Tockett, or this guy might not be as good, or that guy might not be as good. Like Factor all of it in. Don't just say, well, it's the NHL in 2020, and if you lose two games, you have to fire your coach. Because that's basically, that's what I thought Jamie was going to say. In 10 years, you fire your coach after every loss. It's completely reactionary. And it's and it's not confined to fans, too. You see all these media sites that run, who's on the hot seat right now? Well, there's and, nobody and, else left. And Rick Toggett's name will be, appear on there. And the, there's no analysis beyond that to, to yeah. find out what's actually happening with the team. And that's, all of that is why I wrote this. First of all, when I asked John Chyka the question, I already knew the answer. But I wanted to do... Some due diligence to ask because of this crazy climate that exists in this league in particular. Due it's diligence. more volatile. What's that? More, more volatile than any other major North American sport. 
these coaches get changed at, at the drop of a hat. It's insane. Yeah. So I asked the question with that as backdrop and got the answer I knew I was going to get. It's not even a consideration. John Chaika is not considering it, nor should he. It's absurd to think that they should change coaches at this point. This is when I would consider Rick Tockett on the hot seat. If they miss the playoffs this year and miss the playoffs next year. Okay. Yes. Yes, and he's. He, by the way, he has one year left on his deal. I don't know what's going to happen this summer if they're going to extend him. If he doesn't make the playoffs, I can't maybe they don't extend him. Then maybe yeah. he has to prove it next and year. He's yes. the first guy who will admit that, too. It's a results-oriented business. He knows he has to do more with what he has, and he needs to win. That's how the business works. But, again, take it with a grain of salt. What does he have to work with? He hasn't. He's basically been playing poker without a full deck of cards until last yeah, year. I mean, we like the depth that they have. At their forward spot this year, I, I, I like their goaltending and their blue line. I do, although you know that blue line, the, the top four guys have slipped a bit of late, probably because they are tired. They played a lot of minutes. Yeah, but in terms of elite offensive players from the center position in particular, they still don't have that, and it's so important to success in this league. Look around at the great teams. Are they playing without a number one center? No, well, I think they have they have the pieces where they should make the playoffs this year. Yes. Sure. and if they don't make the playoffs this year, then obviously any in a, coach in a weak Western Conference. I yes. agree with that. Then yes. then you then you're in a, a prove it position next year. That's how it works. That's fair. It, it's worth bringing up, but then it's also worth diving deeper into. And the issue for me is, what about Clayton Keller or Phil Kessel's game? Do you think it's just going to instantly get better by somebody else coming in? Like it's not like Clayton Keller was this eighty-point player every single season, and then Tockett comes in, and now he can't find the back of the net. Like that's not the. It's, this is these consistency issues have been a problem, and I, I don't know if it's. I don't. I don't know. It just it, it's it's one of those things to me where I don't feel like coaching is the reason why Clayton Keller can't find consistency in this to save his life. I don't think coaching is why all of a sudden Phil Kessel can't put pucks in the back of the net like I don't think that's a coaching issue I think if you have legitimate fears about those two players they are fears that no coach is going to be able to change that that would be my take on it honestly you could for different reasons but yeah yeah whoever you think the best coach in the history of the game is bring them in my concerns with Keller and my concerns with Kessel are not coaching related at all at this point Kessel's been in the league for a long time I I expected better than this this. guy he no, I mean, could still turn it around. Look, look. He, I had lower expectations for Phil Kessel than I feel like 95% of people coming into this season, and I spent the entire podcast section of the preseason warning people about that. You and, and I both talked about expecting 20, a guy, a goal. I don't know. I had him in the mid-20s in terms of goals. Same. Yeah. And, and he's because of, Partly because of the personnel around him. Yeah. Right? Who's the center? He's, and they've added. I'm playing with Evgeny Malkin. They don't have a center like that. It matters. Yes. Yeah. And you would just, I mean, at some point, he's going to, his numbers are going to take a dip, and he was hurt earlier this year. And the elephant in the room, Phil Kessel is not known for his training regimen. And yeah. as you get older, that becomes all the more important. And that, that message probably needs to be delivered to him as well. But so flip it around, and, and for what you're saying, the Coyotes are still in a playoff spot, four points out of first, what, one out of second. They're not getting much production from Kessel. They've gotten nothing from Keller in almost a month and a half now, literally nothing. Schmaltz, yeah, Schmaltz has been inconsistent. Uneven. Yep, it's and Ekman they're Larson's still right there. Hurt. Ekman Larson, your captain, has been very inconsistent and, too. Yeah, it is remarkable that this team is where they are. You haven't had Darcy Kemper for a month either. That too. Yep. People just like to forget that. And you didn't have. Ante but Ante aside from that, that too. <laughs> let's talk about the system. Yeah, no, it's definitely the system's fault. Uh, right, moving along. Ronta in the last two games though has been Whew, ridiculous. Yes. 
Yeah, and it, it we've said this before, but it's impossible not to feel good for a guy like that. Like even after that Chicago game, and people are like, "What what is he doing in the shootout?" Don't even talk to me about what what's happening in the shootout. First of all, there should be a shot clock in the shootout. It's absurd that Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are allowed to do what they do in the shootout. I'm just going to stand in front of the net, like move forward at a glacial pace that still qualifies as forward progress. Technically moving forward. Yes. Yeah. And I'm put like 17 moves on the goalie until he finally commits to one and then I'll go the other way and score. That that doesn't feel right. To if me. you're if you're trying to simulate a get real game situation, yeah. You're never going to have that much time. And, uh, Pat, no, you'll be, yeah, you'll be, you'll be on your third row. You'll be plastered into the, into the crossbar. <laughs> I haven't really seen, I don't watch as much Blackhawks as you do, Craig, because you know I tend to watch the playoffs a lot, but I just I haven't seen Taves make that That's, shootout move. You took that page took from, from Kane. Kane. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why not? You watch what Kane does, you're like, this works, and they're going to allow it. Wow, they're going to allow it. I guess I'll do it. Yeah. Everybody should do that. Yes. Everybody should yeah, do the, that. Yeah, the guys that come in with speed, I always like, why? Yeah, uh, you, get, the, the, the percentage chance that you mess this up is just as high as completely that. Completely like, agree I, with I, you. I, I never understand. Just that. wait it out. Wait the goalie out. You can do it if you move at that speed. Yes. The, what do they move like a half a mile it. an hour? Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. I, I will Put a shot say though, clock on them. There is some, as long as you shoot from the right distance. There is something to going in at full speed and almost catching. Like especially if you're shooting after Patrick Kane. In real hockey, I agree. Off. In the shootout, I don't. I just think too much goes wrong. Yes. Pucks flip up on you so many times. There, like pucks not gonna flip up on you because you're not moving there are players though i mean i'll give i'll give i'll give kane credit here also like you're not going backwards when you move from the forehand to the uh, backhand to the forehand somehow no, not at all it's, it's you, like, okay remember you guys used to you're do doing this it's not backwards even though the puck is actually going backwards it's the skates but. the skates are still moving forward see to be standing wait, there slow it down you'll see it that long and stick handle and still get a good shot off though is not as easy as kane makes it look that, no that is no he's, he's got ridiculous an hands amazing too, talent, of course but, but then he taught it to jonathan taves who you know He's a, a really good player, but he doesn't have Patrick Kane's hands. So I think a lot of people could do what they do. Again, they need, they need ten minutes of three on three. We have yes. we would we would never yes. see a shootout. Again. Yeah, but b- back to the original point here, Auntie Ranta. People were blaming him for that. He had a spectacular game against the Blackhawks, in including that crazy Scorpion save, which is just desperation, yeah, right? Yeah. Throwing your feet up. But he was unbelievable. He turns around and has another great game, a thirty save shutout. This is what they needed from him yeah. when Darcy Kemper went. I still think if Kemper's healthy, this team has like six to eight more points. And we're not even oh, yeah. worried about the playoffs yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah but, but you're but, asking Kemper to, to be a Vezina guy, though, still at that point. Like he's healthy and, and is playing. Sure, but, but if you have hockey. Auntie Ranta backing him up playing like this, then yeah. this was the plan at the start of the season, right? Well, if Kemper slips a little bit, we got this guy we can yeah. throw in. That was the plan. But they've both been hurt. We, um, I don't know if you've noticed this, Craig, but we tend to to uh, make fun of the Blackhawks at times on this show. No. So I'm going to set you up here the other way. How do you feel about the season Jonathan Taves has put together this year? He's this, a good player. Yeah. He's he looks like Jonathan player. Taves again. Yeah. yeah. They should know. trade him. <laughs> I don't know what was going on in the last couple of years. Um, all right. Here we go. Ready? Okay. Listener questions. Unless you have anything else. Cool to see Bobby Ryan back out, huh? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that is true. Tough situation. Um, Are there teams, maybe we should do this before we hit listener questions. How many teams are we officially crossing off? Oh, I I got those easily. Detroit. Let's let's start start in the east. Okay. Okay. Detroit, New Jersey, Ottawa, Buffalo. Definitely. Those Rangers, Montreal. Yes. Those six out. Done. Even though, look, I agree Montreal's not making the playoffs, but can we officially cross them off? Yes. Yes. All right. With all the teams in front of them, yes. Okay. If, so, if they were like six points back and they were like the 
ninth team, then maybe. But they're not. They're not jumping all the time. They've won one in a row. I am looking forward to yeah. those Bell Center hot dogs, though. I'll probably have three or That's four next Monday. I might sneak one. What onto is the, it that uh, makes? I'm going to sneak one into the press box. What, what makes those uh, my bag? Those hot dogs so good. I don't know. Okay. Uh, so you guys have a ten team race Opium. in the East. <laughs> <laughs> That may be why I was feeling the way I was feeling. <laughs> Did you say opium? Yeah, because it yeah. explains why what people in Montreal think about the team. Like, oh, okay, uh, I get it now. I can't get a read on Montreal fans. I do think a lot of them are just like, no, this team is not good, and we want them to trade their pieces away. But there's definitely pressure of, no, no, we're going to win the cup this year. Keep mm-hmm. going. Well, they got that in Vancouver, too. Yeah, they're, but they're at least Vancouver's, contender, aren't they? Vancouver's in a playoff spot. No, yes, I don't think they're in first place. But I, I would say of all the teams in the NHL, I was most wrong about Vancouver this year. I did not think that they would be winning this division. What do you think, Jamie? A candidate for nonlinear progression? The Vancouver Canucks. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Calgary Flames continue to just be the poster child. They are. You can't spell nonlinear progression without Calgary Flames, I'm sure of it. There's at least a couple letters that you would need. Not all the letters, but you would okay. need a couple letters. Okay. Yeah, okay. So in the West, Oof. we have what? Uh, an 11 team? The California race? teams. Yeah. The California Triangle. And uh, I'm still saying Minnesota. Yeah, I'm crossing out Minnesota, but. Okay, so you have 21 teams left in the NHL for 16 spots, both of you. Yeah. Are you counting Minnesota out? How much of that is wishful thinking? They're just not that good. They're, they're incapable of, it, of playing consistently enough to get into the playoff race and jump over all the teams they need to jump over. The okay. same reason I'm crossing out Montreal is this: there are too many teams that are better than them above them. Like They're not jumping all of these teams. Minnesota really is the Montreal of the West right now, aren't they? Except, yeah. yeah. Except they don't have Ilya Kovalchuk. That's true. They do not. Is he getting traded at the deadline? Maybe. They should. If they're smart, they will. I yeah. guarantee you, Montreal, they might get something for him. Guarantee you, they don't. Oh, they're sign him to an extension. <laughs> like they should. They should trade him. They should trade Jeff Petrie. They call that the it, Mike Green. But Detroit's been trying to. It's been told the whole reason they signed Mike Green was to trade him, and then never trade him. We should play a game of of is this guy actually on Detroit or not? Because. I have watched so little Red Wings hockey this year, partially because they're a minus 96 well, now. Well, because you're by three goals, but by the time you get home from work. 28 points. It is unbelievable. Uh, hold on. I, I have to do the math, which I could probably just do like on one hand. Do you I know Mike Green's played 41 games this season? Because I don't remember any of them. It's like a tree falling in the woods, though, and nobody's around. They're on pace for 42 points. They're terrible. When's the last time they won a game? Well, they've lost six in a row. No, no, they've lost nine on, in a row. They're on pace they're for 42.5 points. Oh, okay. I don't, I'll take that extra Sorry, point. They've lost six in a row in regulation. Do we round up or round down from the five? I don't know. With Detroit, we round down. Okay. The laws of mathematics do not apply. <laughs> uh, dangle snipe belly. Question number one. Hi, guys. Long-time questioner, first-time listener. That sounds about right. Does Jamie belittle children who support the avalanche? Yes. Jamie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Gotta learn early. Can you, because it's been a while. Yes. Can you sort of re-establish what your preseason prediction of the Avalanche was? was? That they were going to be the second wildcard team in the West and that they weren't quite ready to be a cup contender yet. I'm still not necessarily backing that off of that. They're probably going to finish top three in the division because the West is a lot worse than I anticipated. But even with all that, they're four points up on that spot. So they're they're still not the world beaters that people want them to be. That's... um... They do have the best goal differential in the Western Conference. Well, because yeah, because some of the games they've won, they won like nine to two. Yeah, huh? Interesting. Uh, more worst hairstyle from the eighties and nineties. The mullet. Yeah. What well, I think they were. He's probably looking for like a very specific player. Yager's oh. mullet was intense. Yeah. Mullets are bad look. Uh, 
Uh, well, eighties, the eighties had a lot of bad hair, though. I'll, I'll give them that because you know women were like teasing their hair. Yeah, there was a lot of bad hair in the eighties. Oh, okay, horrible hair in the eighties and horrible music. All of which has come back in style for some reason. None of the good music from the 80s has come back, just the bad stuff. It's... Like, aha, or Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> At least Flock of Seagulls' hair hasn't come back yet. Yet. Uh, Eldon, best candy bar, most overrated candy bar, and most underrated candy bar. Okay, this is good. Best candy bar is still the Hershey's Cookies and Cream. Nope. Oh, that's the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. That's... Do you put it in the fridge? Yes. The that's, a, that's a good candy bar, but yes. no, I'll, I'll go with it. Reese's I... is up there. It's an elite, it's an elite tier. Uh, most overrated. Well, hold on. Do I get to answer? Snickers. Yeah, Snickers. Snickers. It's fine. Terrible. No, it's, it's not even fine. It's, it's terrible. Fine. Give that to kids at Halloween. They don't want it. You do hate they don't Snickers. Want a lot. Snickers? Stop giving children Snickers, Snickers at Halloween. Really unless you just want to put up a sign over your door that says "I hate children," and then Jamie can come out and belittle them. Do you want to borrow like my sign? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I would say best is Milky Way. Most Ooh. underrated mm. is the cookies and cream, but you have to put it in the fridge. Yeah, no, it's it's infinitely better underrated too. Yeah. It's, it's a good candy bar. It's I just I'm infinitely a huge better than the fridge. Fan. Most overrated though, I don't really have a candy bar I don't um, like. Overrated is Snickers for me. It's easy. Yeah, I think what the most most underrated one would be. Well, you keep thinking. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay, this is going to be a difficult question. Hundred grand bar. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, but not for worst candy bar. No, no, no. no for underrated. Like underrated. Oh. underrated. People don't talk yeah. about it much anymore. Yeah. Uh, that would good be my candy. second Slide underrated, under the radar. Yeah. If, if not for cookies and cream. Matt, just landed in Boston, spending the week here and going to the game Saturday. Any recommendations for things to do or see around the arena? You know, I, I was going to ask if you have a car, Matt, because the tea is great in Boston. First of all, the transit is great for you getting have, around the, the city. The tea is great? Yeah, the like tea. That you have to pull out of the harbor, or yeah. you mean the public transportation? They, they call it the tea, okay. the subway there. Yeah, it's I've called been the there. Tea, oh, all the rumors yeah. that they're going to... Yeah. Okay. Love that. But uh, if, if you have a car, you can go even farther. You can get down to the Cape. But in and around the arena, I mean, you got to go to the North End for, for a meal, even to hang out at night, because it's, it's like going to the old world. It's so cool. Yeah. You should go to Harvard, go across the river to Cambridge. I don't know. There's a lot to do in Boston. There is. Yeah, it's a great city. I mean, if you're into history, there's plenty of that to do, too. I don't know what the weather is going to be like. I've heard it's going to be raining there, so you may just stay inside. No, get out in the rain. Just yeah. go anyway. You can also watch Captain America or watch a guy park a car. <sighs> Thanks, Jamie. What, uh, <laughs> Fooper, what are your feelings? The Super Bowl commercials this year were flat, I felt like. I liked a couple of them. There were a couple, a couple of them. But you didn't like the Brian Cranston one? The Shining? That one was fine, but that terrifying fine. because I, a room full of Mountain Dew is my worst nightmare anyway. <laughs> uh, Booper. what are your feelings on the chances there. of Hall? He wrote resigning, but I think he means resigning. Uh, in terms of growing relationships in the locker room attitude, other things of that nature, have you got any sense that he likes it here? I love his game and really hope he stays long term. I, I think if they make the playoffs, there's a better chance. Yeah. yeah. I think winning is going to be a, a big factor. And, and I wouldn't even just say like a better chance, like, oh, it's 45% and that makes it 50. If they make the playoffs, I would lean that he stays here. If they don't, I think that's the most important thing to him. Like, if they miss the playoffs on some weird fluke by one point. Yeah, he wants to win. Yeah. But. What if Colorado comes calling in the but summer and says, hey, you want to play with Nate McKinnon? Well, that's the biggest, the two biggest obstacles, I think, to keeping him are Colorado and you have to make the playoffs. Jamie might not trash the Avs anymore. That's true. He still would. That's, a tough, now, that's a tough one to combat, right? Because I, I can't imagine him, I can't imagine him signing I, I mean, before if, free if, agency. If, if I were Taylor Why? Hall. Why would you? Why would you? No, I wouldn't. And if I were Taylor Hall and Colorado comes knocking with all their cap space... 
Uh, and uh, Nate McKinnon. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah, play with Nate McKinnon. Yeah, we'll break up that line. You can play with Nate McKinnon. You don't think that's he's great. running to Montreal? You and, you and uh, no, you, you, Miko, can, you can Miko play Ratnan and Nate McKinnon. So you can play with Ratnan. The best Sorry, line Dave ever. Sorry, Dave Cog go down to the second line with <laughs> Kadri. Yeah, we're going to construct the best line ever. Um, you guys aren't buying the Montreal hype that's coming out of Montreal that he's going no. to? No. Lol. Okay. No. He can play with Kovalchuk. What, to play with Kovalchuk? Can he? Does it matter? Does it even play do with positions Jonathan, even matter? Jonathan Dr- oh, wait, no, they hate Drew now. Uh, if he wants Max to win, Domi? he shouldn't go to Montreal. He's not going to Montreal. Yeah. No. Uh, if the Coyotes, also, it's been a while since Mark Bergevin made a good signing, so like, it's not, it's not happening either. Former Blackhawk, Mark Bergevin. Okay. Uh, if the Coyotes fire Phil Kessel into the sun, are they still stuck with this? Here we are with that fire into the sun again. With his uh, $6.8 yes. $6. million cap hit for the next two years. Alternatively, what in his body of work this year indicates he should still be on the first power play unit? There's nothing in the CBA that suggests what happens if a player is fired into the sun. So <laughs> I'm not sure, actually. I, I, I think you need a legal clarification there. Um, I think they'll probably look at that next uh, next lockout. Okay. But we're not having a lockout. In terms of the so. first unit power play, I think it's a fair question at this point because yeah. he sure is making a lot of mistakes and forcing a lot of passes on the power play. He's really not doing much for them there. He's is, really not doing much for them anywhere. Let's be honest. It's the sad truth. Is I'm that maybe the move with him? I mean, you talk about maybe sitting Keller is the move pulling Kessel off the power play and then maybe that sparks him like i said last year i would have sat keller i don't know that sitting keller this year sparks him Uh, maybe i try they're not going to sit castle because of the streak he played fairly unfairly probably it probably in a perfect world it shouldn't matter but it does keller had seven minutes and 58 seconds of even strength ice time last game so they're not sitting him but they're not playing him no that's Mm. that's that's uh Less than eight minutes more than I had in the game last time. Mm. Coaches Jack, what's Tyler Steenbergen's ceiling in the NHL? That's a question that came from It's a low ceiling. Out of there. Yeah. That's it? That's the end of your that is Steenbergen talk? Um, well, there's a lot of long questions. Murdoch, standard stuff here. Any timetable for Kemper? Would think Ronta's recent high-level play against Chicago and Edmonton suggests they are open to taking more time with Kemper. And if you don't contribute to a potluck at work, should you be entitled to helping yourself to a plate? Ran into this exact situation last Friday in this building. Okay. And she didn't bring anything. Did not. Well, I wasn't supposed to be here that day, and then I was, and there was a potluck going on. I didn't bring anything. Didn't take anything. Okay. Which was tough. Now, came back for my second shift that same day later that night. Then you brought something? And there was still stuff. No. The potluck was over, but there was still food. At that point, I took something. Because it was leftover food. Craig is shaking Mm. his head in disapproval. All I hear is food, and I never get any. There was a bunch Except last week. That's true. Yeah, so bring some food. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just isn't right. I don't know that you can take a whole plate. Something Actually, you know what? You there's do something you. wrong here, dear listeners. I, I think at that point you have to. I think to, you know what I mean. You have to read the room. <laughs> like You have to know like how good of friends are you. Are you just yeah. work friends? Well, that's kind of how I feel when I come yeah. in here. Yeah. Yeah. No, you he's food. talking to you. No yeah, are you just work friends? Coffee, yes. Are you closer than that? Do you have nachos at Yard House after games? Like You have to like figure out we should do that. where... Yeah, I should actually get back out to Glendale at some point. Well, we've gone without you already this season. I, I know you again. have, because like everybody else, when the Coyotes aren't playing, there's literally no reason to be in Glendale. Oh, but that's it's just rude, just taking shots at, at random. Everybody's, th- everybody's probably, thinking it. It's probably, I was going to say that you probably shouldn't talk about the Coyotes so much when you don't come out to games, but you know that's that's common in this town. So. Wow, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> actually, now it's not very common to talk about the Coyotes in this town. Um, do you guys, what timetable on Kemper? I would think it's close. Uh, yeah. Uh, close, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> but if Ronta's going to keep playing like this, it does help them not rush him back. They yes, have a does. back-to-back, though, next Monday and Tuesday. 
Yes, they do. So I'm thinking that they Montreal and Toronto would like to have him for. I would, if it were me, if he could go, I'd play him against Montreal because it's his first game back. Right, bring him back. It's sort of <laughs> tough to throw him in against Toronto, <laughs> right? And yeah, and let Ronta do what he does. Coach East Jack, if you combine Keller's skill with Garland's style, you'd probably have a Hart Trophy winner. It's not really a question, Coach East Jack. Um, I, I wish we could a, see a player like that. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, it doesn't look like we're going to. Mm-hmm. I just this is now mm-hmm. this is not a one month. This is not a two month. This is not a one season. This is a multi season issue. And it's basically it's who at this point I have to believe it's who Clayton Keller is as a player and a person. It's been too long now. It's been are you, are you coming off your ninety point prediction? I know it was it, not I for this year. Outside, it was yeah, the no, ceiling. But he's, yeah. he's I should come off of that seventy point prediction at this point. If this is how he's going to play. Like I just did. This is the fabric of who he is as a hockey player right now. Like this, is, we haven't seen anything that says it's this is not in the three years he's been in the league. Brad Tree living. The good news is we're going to get Giordano back. We just don't know when. Over his career, he's been a fast healer. It's not going to be as long as we thought. Leaving the ring Tuesday night. That's vague. That still it sounds is. like a week to week. It does seem like week to week. There's going to be out of, a while. There's not a lot of weeks left in the season. No, that's I mean, the problem. If, you, what, if you're without him, yeah. If you if you're without him for a month. No, oh, they're calling it a hamstring injury week to week. Yeah, and if you if you lose him for four weeks right now, that's going to be tough to make the playoffs. Yeah, sure. I, don't think, I don't think they're going to do it. Um, Coyote and Philly, what's your standard order at Chipotle? Chipotle usually been at Chipotle in a long time. Steak burrito bowl, uh, black beans, brown rice, extra feet of veggies, mild and medium. Extra lettuce. what? Wow, that was very feed precise. Of veggies? Yeah. yeah, extra feet of veggies. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I I've been there enough times. That's the that's the go to. I really like their crunchy tacos. Actually, they yes, I didn't the know they had really crunchy good. tacos until like a, two months yeah. ago. Yeah, those shells are really good. Um, if I'm feeling healthy, just a bowl with nothing, nothing in it. it. No. I'm feeling just healthy. Air. I'm not going to Chipotle. Well, let's be honest. But of all the faster food, it's probably the healthiest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was especially because you can customize it. Like, there'll be times where I won't get the rice. I'll just get like a portion of beans and the extra veggies and the lettuce in there and whatever. A feed of veggies? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, if you just go to Chipotle and you're like, this is the healthier fast food, and then I just pile on like queso with queso and queso, then <laughs> I can't <laughs> guacamole. Yeah, once you add the guac. Extra guacamole. And, yeah. Also, their queso's trash. But once you. But their once guacamole you, is it's, not. It's not, but well, it's also yeah, not healthy. <laughs> their guacamole is like $400 an ounce, though. It's really yeah. good. Um, I don't think I've ever gotten anything other than chicken at Chipotle, which is startling now that I think about I mean, it. They, they no barbacoa, no. No. If you guys want to bring it in next time, oh okay, I'd yeah, eat, just eat it right yeah. in front of you. Oh, yeah. I don't think oh. they're open at okay seven in the they're morning. They're open all the time. We could do a lunchtime podcast at some point. They're definitely open now. Hey, I know. Why don't you guys bring in food next week? Oh, when I'm on the road. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, a great idea. I was going. That was actually oh, offered to because I have time yeah. next week. Who's bringing in the food, Jamie? Or should we should we have a potluck? Can we just each bring yeah. in some food? Okay. Yeah. We'll have a catered in. Yeah, oh, that'll be great. Where, Jay, Craig, where's your favorite place to eat? And we'll just we'll get My, food from there. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not even gonna answer that. No. <laughs> I shouldn't have said the second part just of that hurtful. sentence. Cam, what would you imagine Garland's next contract will look like? Bigger. Bigger. <laughs> Depends on what he does next year too. Uh, but yeah, because one more year left of what seven twenty five. Could always sign him early, right? That has been that has happened around here. Um, they're going to have to get creative, though. They probably can't sign him until they figure out what they're doing with Hall, right? You at least have to wait yeah. past that because that's and sort there's, of... There's no need. You have another yeah, year. you got a, a bunch of players coming off the books after next season. So... Yeah, Stepan comes off the books. Goligoski. some big contracts. I mean, doesn't Ronta come off the books then, too? He does. Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of... Hosa, 
and, and that's uh, the, the issues you do with there. But yeah, he's but he's he gone. comes off yeah. the books. Yep, you don't have any more dead contracts. Yeah, I don't right? think you're paying because Ribeiro, Ribeiro ends after this season. Yeah. This segues into our next question from Joseph. Since it's a quote new decade unquote, in the last ten years, what do you think was the worst Coyotes trade? Not counting the ones that we had to do. Worst trade? This That's is a tough. Good one. I mean. You didn't have to give up anything to get him, but do you remember the Martin Erat that was the trade deadline that, yeah. move? Yeah, but to be fair, Martin Erat hadn't scored already, a goal. He had zero him. goals when they acquired him. It's zero. The worst trade in that was NHL the, history. The saddest interview I've ever done oh. was with Martin Erat to end that season. He's yeah. like, I have to be better. And I've never seen him play hockey again. Right. Well, you, you're right. Zero goals is not acceptable. So I'm, li- I'm literally looking through every trade of the decade. 14 the 15. Woof. 1415 was, was the worst low point yeah. for the Coyotes. Um, my coverage. Low point. What's tough is like if I think of bad moves the Coyotes have made, they're typically moves, not trades, right? Like is there any player you look and you're like, "Oh, I really want that guy back." Blake Wheeler. But but they had to make that move. I, I, yeah. Maybe not caveat. if they had handled it the right way. But. But that was in the last decade though, anyway. No, it's not the last decade. So pull it together. It's true. Um last decade yeah i'm looking like there's really not a lot of i mean they've either made small moves that were their benefit i mean trading away all your picks in the 2003 draft is still the worst yeah. move yeah, but, but that's that not, wasn't that's the last decade. decade yeah but that's their all-time worst trade is trading away all the picks from the, the best or now maybe second best draft of oh, the okay century. well I, I guess it's got to be and they came up it's got to be Dubnik for the third round pick not only did they you, we talked about this not only did they not get a prospect for that but then third round pick and he turns into a he turns into starting a, yeah. goalie. That's he got, already was a starting goalie when they made the trade too, which yeah, I guess yeah. make it well, an they, even worse. Wouldn't trade. yeah. So they I think acknowledge that because that's Mike be Smith it. was still here. Yeah. And we didn't even talk about the Mike Smith goalie fight. That's true. We no, didn't. we didn't. All right, we've moved on. Um, By the way, these they really don't make bad. I mean, they also don't make a lot of trades that are terribly impactful in the early part of the decade, but. Interesting. There's a lot of shuffling around 2014. A lot of shuffling. What, this is from Ozzy. What jerseys do you remember looking way better in person than a promo? I remember being equally ugged by the Blackhawks 2019 Winter Classic and Coyotes Kachina sweaters, but after watching them live in action, I now own both. I still think that, and this is going to be a hot take, I know this, but I still think the, the Black Fox jerseys looked better in person than they did in promos the Coyotes had. That old alternate. Mm. The one the Briz called an actual fox. He's like, hey, we're the foxes. I have um, no opinion on this. Really? I don't care about uniforms that much. Wow. Except for the best uniforms in hockey. The Penguins? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, Gertrude von Lichtenstein. Ah, hello, in. Gertrude. Where you been? Real simple question. Okay. Uh-oh. Burritos or tacos? Oh, tacos. Yeah, tacos. No, burritos. Uh. Breakfast burrito over breakfast taco. Oh, oh give it a yeah, it's not, not even, Anyone who gets breakfast tacos willingly. Is there is, such a thing? Is, yeah, tacos? There's something wrong with No, you. I want Jamie to finish the sentence because it's going to be insulting. Oh, something okay. wrong with you. Um, because they suck. <laughs> they're the Buffalo Sabres of breakfast look, food. Look, it's all about structural integrity. And the structural integrity of, of hard shell tacos can be hit or miss. Depends yes. on where you go. Much like the structural integrity of the Buffalo Sabres defense. There's a lot happen. of parallels here. Are there breakfast tacos outside of this city? I have no idea. 
I'd, I have not had a breakfast taco. I just there, there's nothing that They're not bad. There, there's no food stuff seems weird. that I've had in taco form that I enjoyed more than having that food in burrito. Form. Chips. They're basically you're basically introducing chips into breakfast. Well, no, the soft shell tacos. Oh, it's a soft shell. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, the soft shell taco wait, is essentially a burrito. But that's that's a really yeah, that's a yeah. Burrito. I, I don't buy this. There's, uh, yeah. the, there's the different. It's like the people you're say just like, trying to fool somebody. It's like saying rolled tacos are different than taquitos. No, oh, they're not. Oh, look, the shell's smaller. It's a taco. <laughs> Rolled tacos so are different. That's what Taco Bell does all They're the time. Not. Let's just repackage the same stuff, call it something else, that's and people true. buy it. We have seven Genius. ingredients. Just we're gonna they put they do. Ways. They have a fantastic marketing it's, department. They're brilliant. It's so, so creative. Rolled tacos are different than taquitos in the sense that, for some reason, they've decided they can charge like $11 yeah. for one rolled taco. Yeah. Yeah, they're taquitos, and yeah, there's yeah. this garbage. You can get nine no, boxes of the those. The taquitos are garbage. Just the the idea that they're different is garbage. But I, I really like rolled tacos. Yeah, but they are just ripping me off every time. Oh, they are. You're getting shell. Seth, I'll be I in see. Anaheim next week. What is the pizza place? Luke's Where's is the best pizza yeah, ever. Yeah, what is that pizza place, Luke? Nick's. Okay. Nick's. I, yeah. So please report back and let us know if it's the best pizza place in the world. I, also, we need to talk, since you were in California recently, I'm disappointed that we of the lack of in the ocean with dress shirt picks. Yeah, I thought about it. It was really cold. But I did, I did think about it. Okay. Where is Nick's? It's actually in Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa. So it's just... I don't know if that's southwest of of the arena okay. of the Honda Center. I mean, a little bit southwest, not, 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 not close enough to right Newport now. Beach. Yeah, it is. I mean, is that's, it? yeah. Okay. Get so the next go to next Newport Beach. season opener, I'll be able to try it probably since the Cavs yeah. will open the season next year. And I'm probably of course they will. Yeah, like they always do. <laughs> Um, but there's more questions. And more importantly, is it pizza or that casserole Craig calls deep dish? It's pizza. Don't worry, Seth. It's not deep dish. It's not that thin crust like, hey, I had extra saltines and ragu, so I made you a pizza. It's actual pizza. <laughs> okay, so it's 25 minutes, just almost due south of the Honda Center. Okay. How yeah. close is it to uh, Newport Beach? It's a lot closer. Very close. So okay. yeah. that's Newport Beach. That's okay. Nick's. Doesn't so. seem that close to me, Jamie. Uh, well... I won't have a car. <laughs> it's worth the walk. Uh, well, let's see. how I'll, I'll look up how much Just how walk up Harbor Boulevard. Okay. It's, it's worth it. Okay. okay. How many miles? Yes. What's my no, Uber I'm just ride? hungry. What's my Uber fee? 2.9 miles. Oh, that's an Uber fee. That's okay. I'll try next yeah. next time I'm there. Do I'm going to try it. All right. I want pictures. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that you want my review of Nick's. It might not go well for you. I just don't think you're going in with an unbiased attitude. That's probably true. I, you know, I don't think yeah, Nick can you. Miles, you can do this walk. I believe in you. 2.9 miles, I can walk that. It's a straight. I mean, it's right up Harbor Boulevard. There's not yeah. like... It'll be nice. It'll Nick's be what? Pizza. October. Ristorante Italiano. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out. Uh, not a sponsor of the show, but absolutely could be. Right next to the Home Depot. Yeah. In case and you Rite Aid. Build and an TJ armoire. Max. If you need to build an armoire, run over there and... <laughs> All right. And the United um, Studios of Self-Defense. not sure where that term came from. <laughs> Why do we go to armoire? Of all the possibilities, how did you arrive at armoire? By the way, did you know... It's like something you would build. By the way, uh, and no, I'm really yeah, all, but do you no know that... No chance of building an armoire. So I'm on Google Maps right now. It's telling me, if you zoom in close enough, not only that there's a Home Depot here, but it's telling you what aisles things are on in the Home Depot. Like, you can look into the store, and it's like lighting is at this section of Where's the store. Where's the armoire? Where does, yes, aisle? where do they sell materials to build an armoire? Can you tell us the aisles? Um, Pretty much. Steven. <laughs> this one's for Craig. Stadium question. Any update on location and time frame? Is there a possibility of staying in Glendale, especially with the 202 loop opened up? No on the former. No on the latter. They're not staying in Glendale. Okay. Mike, who is the most likely Coyote to not come back next year? Well, look at Marianne expiring contract. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Um, um, Brad Richardson. Richie. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking Richie. Um, 
sad as that makes me. Yeah, because the, the the free agents next year: Carl Soderberg, UFA; Taylor Brad, Hall, UFA; Richardson, Brad Richardson's thirty five too. Robbie Russo, then Labushkin, Hinnestroza, Fisher, all RFAs. Yeah. 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 There you go. They might move someone at the deadline, though. Um, like a Michael Grabner, for instance, who has not been in the lineup much. I don't know that we're going to get through all these. That's okay. Uh, Just know if Luke doesn't answer your question, he thinks it sucks. No, and there's you a lot suck of good ones here. You. <laughs> Just so you know. I, I, uh, I, I, question I, sucks, I, I, you I, suck, and he oh, hates you. Oh, Just, it, it's a personal attack true. on you. No, it's not. It's definitely something Jamie did. Um, Jay. Not a question, but a comment. I thought Jamie Eisner was Jamie Eisenberg yeah, up see? until about a week ago. I had zero idea how he could be on the pond and also have a huge fantasy football influence at CBS. Or pod, not pod. <laughs> Made zero sense in my head the entire time, and now I feel like a squeaky duck. Well, you know, there's worse yeah. things to be than a squeaky Another duck. Another disappointing Yeah, customer. like a missing duck. I found him. Mm-hmm. I found sure him. Oh, okay, sure you did. Yeah, sure. I did. I've got where, all five where, ducks. Where, where is right. it? My ducks are literally in a row right now. I don't believe so you. So we're good to go. I still need to name the fifth one, though. I don't even believe you have them. Uh, John, if Keller slump continues, what are the real odds? Talk would scratch him. Honestly, I see talk letting Keller keep slumping with no accountability. And do you think it was too soon to give Keller the new contract? Should Chica have waited till this summer? I mean, I, I think talk it is holding him accountable if he's eating, if he's playing him eight minutes. Yeah, you're still going to play him on the power play. Although he was on the second power play the other night, I believe too. That's about as accountable as you could hold him. I, I was fully on board with with scratching him last year i just don't know that's going to do anything this year his point was that yeah i can't scratch five or six guys but yeah. i still i don't know you I, could I, over I, six games you, yeah you, you, you could, could, you could alternate them to, to send the message yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know i maybe we're at that point but listen these guys have a better read of these players and what motivates them than we do so keep that in mind when we're all throwing out opinions but something something's got to happen with clayton keller he needs he needs to wake up he needs to show up I don't hate the uh, the strategy of he's suited up and everything, but he spends most of the game on the bench watching. You know, maybe yeah. that's at least before you go to the healthy scratch, and then if that doesn't work, I guess you go healthy scratch. And look, to Craig's point is there's always the psychologist aspect of being a manager, coach, professional mm-hmm. sports team, and understanding that how how you motivate a player or what not to motivate a player. So again, you don't treat every player the same. Some players you need to get in their face and scream at them. Some players you need to put your arm over the shoulder and calmly have a conversation. I mean, I trust that the guys that are around them every single day know how to handle that more than we do. This is what I think Talk is Nonsense. really good at. I think you can really make that determination from the mezzanine. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is what I think Talk is really good at is the psychological part of the game. And also at a certain point, it's the NHL. You should be able to motivate yourself. Amen to that. Sure. Well, absolutely. That's where and it starts. As far as the contract goes, we said that was going to be the riskiest of the moves. Yeah. I, I I get the logic of why it was done, because if Keller has a phenomenal season, all of a sudden that's a $9 million contract. But there was definitely risk involved. And right now, it looks a little shaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole, thoughts on trading OEL? I got to get number one center. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the only way to do yeah. it now. I don't think I'm getting a number one center for him now. Yeah, I don't think you I, are I, either. I can't see a move that would make sense for both teams that would involve an o- it's a tough contract OEL. now. And if, if he looks like this again next season, boy, that's that's a problem. He's not playing at an elite level and he's being paid like an elite level. Defenseman. Yeah, him not taking that next step into being an elite defenseman is incredibly disappointing because everything early on looked like he was right on the cusp of that and just that next step never came. And I know there's some, some injuries, some off-the-ice stuff, on, but 
Um, it's just disappointing. Yeah, because he he started off so quickly. Like mm-hmm. you don't typically go at that. He looked like a a future Norris Trophy winner, mm-hmm. and I would have expected this year to really be his year, especially the way he finished last season. Yeah, yeah. I thought he had figured things out with Rick Tockett. The now, way they wanted him to play, et cetera, and I thought he'd come in and they gave him the captaincy. They, you know, they've, they've done a lot of things. They've bent yeah. over backwards for Oliver Ekman Larson to make him happy here. And I don't think he's had a good season. Nearly as bad as the people that are like the other team scored. Oliver's on the team. It must be his fault. Right. I mean, the, the analysis that I see sometimes of who was to blame for a goal is off. off. Yes, it's but off. They're he, not seeing the whole play. He did set the bar of could challenge for the Norris at some point, and he yeah. has not taken that step. No, and you've seen some bad plays from him recently, mm-hmm. like some, just some bad reads where it's, it's like a slow read, like he's not recognizing what he's seeing fast enough. And then there's some technique issues, too, with the way he's turning to get back into the play. Uh, that said, I would like him back in the lineup. Yes, oh, absolutely. Dustin Brown, he's too. not playing. Um, of course, it was Dustin Brown, too, who he almost forgets in the league. And, so, and it didn't even look like that big a deal. but I, I, It looked I, like... It looked like it was trying to be a a cheap shot, but to the head, not yeah. to the knee. I said this. I was on uh, I was on Edmonton radio the other day, and I, I I'm wondering if Dustin Brown has like little blades in his equipment that he can just eject barbed wire right when he makes gloves. yeah something like that that no one's <laughs> going to really notice. But hey, I'm going to inflict maximum damage here. Uh, Matt, Hit points. Who will bail out Toronto, or will the rules be fixed so Buffalo ends up there? Well, I mean, LA already bailed out Toronto probably since you sent that. Uh, Everybody tweet. bails out Toronto. Yeah. yeah, Carolina, Ottawa, L.A. Um, okay, this is Matt. We actually have a few questions about doing multiple podcasts in a week or and putting the second one on Patreon. So I'm not not answering those. I'm just kind of sort of bunching them together. This is from Matt. Ideas for a second episode? If you did that, Craig Morgan's favorite IPAs. Think, things Jamie has been wrong about that would take three episodes. I, I, say, I thought you said you wanted a podcast on an audiobook series. <laughs> Craig, mock drafting sewer fights. I like this. The Bachelor recap with Luke. I've never seen an episode. Uh, ooh, which one of you two is most likely to have watched The Bachelor? I've I'm going to say Jamie. A, I've never seen an episode. I feel like a, a girl Zero. could get Jamie to watch it, though. I've never watched Craig. Like, luckily, uh, my girlfriend does not watch The Bachelor. Okay. My wife would punch me if I watched it. Oh, that's a, that's, I did watch the J.J. Uh, Watt segment on SNL. I did too. Was it good? Yeah. Well, the, that's not the same he thing. He was good. The writing wasn't so good. Yeah, the writing was boring, but yeah. I mean, it's it's been SNL the last 20 years, but he was good. Uh, I would sign up for Craig Sings Renditions of Goal Songs. Mm. Yes. Mm. Uh, seriously, what are the possible repercussions with the NHL investigation? But you have to sing this, Craig. Uh, I'm not going to sing it. No. The possible, re- It's hard I'll to say at this point because I don't know what they're finding. Look, you, you've probably seen the two stories I've written on this. I've had some sources tell me that this didn't amount to anything more than interviewing players, basically sizing them up in T-shirts and shorts. I've had other sources tell me there's more to it than that, but they haven't been able to detail anything more than that. So it's hard to say at this point. What what it says in that actual memo is that it's 250000 minimum per incident, but there's a, a wide amount of discretion for the commissioner depending on the severity of these incidents. So you have to think about that. You have to think about Gary Bettman's willingness to levy a massive fine against a brand new owner who just bailed out the redheaded stepchild of the NHL, too. That, that comes into play here, I think. I, I don't know. I, nobody's told me that, but that could come into play as well. So if they do consider it serious, do you think about taking draft picks away from them? Do you say somebody needs to lose their job over this? I don't know. Again, wide latitude with Gary Bettman. We'll have to see how it plays out. The league is taking its time with this investigation. And I'm told by some people 
that this is a big deal. Patrick, do you guys think the Ovech- think Ovechkin will break Gretzky's record, which we've sort of yeah, touched on? You do think he'll do it? I, I do. want him to do it. I don't know. He's got to play. I mean, what does he need? A hundred and something like he needs ninety six goals to tie. So five seasons. Five seasons, assuming he's still a forty five goal guy of that in kind five of years. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, he might score sixty this year, and he might score fifty five or sixty next year. Like, he doesn't have to score forty by the end. Yeah, five I seasons. hope so. I want to see him try. The problem is, I've heard. How old is he now? What's his age? He came in Google what, says, one year before Google Crosby. Says. He's probably like thirty-two. Uh, he is thirty-four. Okay. Thirty-four. Um, but I mean, you can play. You can, you can play into your forties. Yeah. There is some. Yeah, I mean, production drops after thirty-five. We've yeah. seen the stats on it, so it's not for everybody. Not for no. everybody. But it's sure. it's not going to be easy. But I, I think he can do it, especially when you just keep sitting out all these all-star games. Didn't he take out one of their goalies with a shot last in practice last week? Like of all the players, I wouldn't want to get hit by a yeah. shot from. Um, I go by H now. We all know it takes a team to win the cup, blah, blah, blah. But looking across the league today, who would you be genuinely sad for if they never won a cup? And on the flip side, who do you think could have done without it? I think Luke Lipinski's answer rhymes with Dom Bilson. Yeah, Tom Wilson's name shouldn't be on the cup. It's a disgrace to the greatest trophy in sports. I would be upset if Connor McDavid never won a cup, yeah. although I don't want Edmonton to win the cup, so I'm torn. Yeah, I mean, it would. whenever the best player in the world doesn't win a championship in any sport, like there's the there's the Mike Trout feeling of like he's probably never. I mean I guess they're competitive this year, but like whenever you see somebody that's clearly the best player in the league, not I like how you were going to say that he's never going to win. Like it was very wistful. <laughs> Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh well, that's a good I've one. got bad news. And it's not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. there's at least a chance McDavid wins the cup. Yeah, yeah Henrik Lundqvist. Um, yeah, I mean now that Ovechkin's got one, I mean it's it's. I guess I don't really care, but I could see it bothering some people that Joe Thornton's never going to win one unless he gets traded to Boston in the next two weeks. Yeah, Joe Thornton. Um, uh, I guess Price. Stamkos has never won one. Carey Price. Carey Price Stamkos won. Oh, no, he didn't. Oh. Yeah, Stamkos not winning one. Um, I mean, Crosby not getting his fourth would bother bother me a lot. Uh, I know, yeah. The world um, weeps for you. And it should. Yeah. Claude Giroux, I mean, he is the best player of all time. He was for Peter a time Lavillet. anyway, yeah, clearly. He yeah, he was better than Crosby for that one yeah, yeah, season. He was better than everybody. According, according to better, better than everybody. Uh, okay, I'm going to throw my own question in here. Luke from Phoenix. Uh, Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid? Who gets one first? Who gets one first? Yeah, the cup. Or do you think one of them never gets one? I think there's a good chance both of them don't get one. Yeah, I do. Winning the cup is hard. It is hard. It's breaking news. I mean, look at Edmonton. players all have one. Ed- Edmonton's cap situation is so tough for a, a little while longer here still. So, I, I mean, they're not going to get one in the next couple seasons. Yeah, I, I mean, Austin Matthews is more likely. To- yeah, because yeah. Toronto still has a lot of talent. they they got to figure out the blue line. They have to figure that out. Maybe somebody will bail them out. Maybe. <laughs> maybe that's what's coming next. Nobody's bailing Edmonton out except the draft lottery every year. Yeah, maybe it'll be Montreal. Who knows? Since uh, there appears to be a league-wide conspiracy to help the Toronto well, Maple no, Austin Matthews is going to win it. There's in... Jeff Petrie, and we'll retain half his salary. Yeah, Austin sure. Matthews is going to win it in five years with the Coyotes. That's oh. what I was going to say. Do you think he wins it with the Leafs or the Coyotes? Oh, now you're starting. Now, now, you're starting now we're asking here. questions. Yeah. <laughs> probably should be the way we tease this podcast to get uh, Toronto in a frenzy again. I, I would say if Connor McDavid goes his whole career without winning a cup, that is a shame. Only four and a quarter seasons until Austin Matthews becomes a Coyote. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this week on the Natty Hattie. So that Matthews, Connor Garland, Barrett Hayton line is going to be best line in hockey? Or the second best line in hockey? Barrett Hayton's on the wing? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. What about Taylor Hall? 
He's not going to be around then. No, he'll be on the second line at that point. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. Yeah, he's he's going to be up there. It's quite a team. Yeah. 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 No salary cap. Well, they're, win- they're winning point. the cup. No salary cap. That's right. They're, <laughs> they're winning the cup. cup. I don't know. But I don't know if you Speaking of alternate universe coyotes. The cap finally goes up, but it benefits the coyotes, yeah. not the Actually, they're the only team that doesn't have to worry about the cap. Oh, yeah. I like that. You know, the, the, it's like there's going to be an uncapped season, like that one year in the NFL that yeah. was uncapped, yet they punished all the teams for going above the cap. Yeah, that was retroactively capped. All right. That's going to do it for us. For Jamie Eisner and Craig Morgan, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hat Trick Podcast. I'm from Cole Harper.